Welcome to the Deep Waters Podcast. We pray that Christ is at the beginning, the middle, and end of all we do. May openness and peace mark our discussions as we engage in conversations about the fresh move of God in my parents' backyard. (laughs) May our hearts be drawn to unity. And in all things, may the shape us look more like you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Now pull up your favorite lawn chair. Kick back and enjoy the bird song. Yes. As we listen to the Deep Waters podcast. <laughs> hey Jace. Hi Benjamin. Um for our listeners who are not with us visually. Yeah. Where are we right now? <laughs> <laughs> we are currently outside. Um which is a bit um abnormal for uh, the uh the Deep Waters podcast. So this is a first for us. <laughs> this is also the first uh, video podcast we've ever done. Um I don't think it's going to be a habit, but we wanted to capture the moment. <laughs> Um, it's just fun and just see what's going on you know um yeah i hope i hope we get some bird song picked up out here there's a nice cricket doing a little jingle for us earlier (laughs) um and there might be a little bit of road noise too maybe not there is a big road right here there's a big road but i think i at first i was like oh that's a road beacon light you know (laughs) um but i think it kind of is a nice little picture of man and creation blending together what a beautiful way to frame what otherwise could be really obnoxious totally so well done we are going to <laughs> start our day with optimism well however ill-placed it might be <laughs> <laughs> oh man so and we're outside for a reason oh too. yeah this yeah. isn't just random fun mm-hmm. but it is fun and it's also a little random <laughs> slightly random <laughs> Maybe really random. Yeah, why are we outside? Do you, do you want me to describe that? Well, yeah. So we've been in this series about shalom, about stewardship, about managing and stewarding and even cultivating well our relationships with God, with ourself, with others, and finally with creation. And we today are going to be talking about that fourth relationship um, how we can steward our connection to the Lord's good creation. And it mm-hmm. only made sense that we record that out in creation rather than under fluorescent lights in the office. 100%. Totally. <laughs> well, the room we do record the podcast in does have a huge window. It's a lovely window. Which is usually a lovely daylight reprieve from the fluorescent. But Though even just outside the window is a big parking lot and then a road and then the back of some like small housing units. Yeah, that's true. This is head and shoulders above. <laughs> but I do love the sunlight. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. The, the window that is, is a save. so nice. It's a saving grace for sure. So, um, yeah. Can you like nutshell summarize some of the stuff we've been talking about in the last few podcasts? For sure. We bring people up to we speed. We talked about how in the framework of Shalom, um, which is not just peace like it's often um Uh, recorded or translated in our English Bibles. It's so much more than that. It's a more complete whole picture of just restoration. And um, at the beginning, 
uh, when everything was very good mm-hmm. and good, um, good and very good. This Amen. was all good. We were very good. Praise, praise God. <laughs> um, there was everything was in its whole, in its most wholeness at Shalom. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. But then Adam and Eve uh, fell, and the fall happened. They tripped. They tripped. <laughs> they biffed it pretty hard, actually. <laughs> hard biff. So much so that shalom was broken between four key areas. Between us and God, us and ourselves, us and others, and us and creation. Mm-hmm. So uh, they lie to God. They feel shame about themselves. They blame each other. And then they have to leave the garden. And that the now the earth is cursed because of what they've done. And so now we are on a journey with God through Christ to restore all things. This is, I believe, God's master plan um, for his creation, all created things, is that we are restored with him. We have found restoration with ourselves and our identities. We have, um, you know, not only stopped fighting with one another, but are pursuing the, the betterment of all people and our neighbors and our brothers and our families and then also stewarding the earth, cultivating it. Um, yeah, th- those words aren't used specifically, but we'll get into that. That was an excellent summary. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you for doing that. Absolutely. That was fun even for me to hear that back. Did I miss anything? Mm. Maybe an add-on observation that we've seen in this conversation that I think has been fun Yeah. is how the love of God and our connection and our relationship with the Lord is primary, essential. Mm -hmm. All my fountains are in him. To quote the Psalm, I forget which Psalm, 72. Psalms are so good. Oh, so all of our fountains being in him, like we are sourced in our love for ourselves and others. Mm -hmm. And I'd like to make the argument today our love for creation. We are sourced from his love. As first John told us, we love because he first loved Mm -hmm. us. Yes. And then if you're not loving your brother, then are you really loving God? That's so good. It's like you've missed the first step. It's like you've built the second story of a home without laying the foundation first. Mm -hmm. That doesn't make sense. Yeah. So I've, I've kind of liked that flow. You Mm -hmm. described it as like a waterfall. Yes. Yeah, totally. Last week's podcast. Um, and to me, that was even a helpful visual of, oh, yes, the love of God, our connection with our relationship with him is so primary that our sense of identity mm-hmm. and healthy relationship with self should flow from that. Yeah. And then healthy relationship with others should flow from that, which we even see in the great commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Mm-hmm. So it's you can't love right your neighbor there. unless you don't love yourself. I think that's excellent. Mm-hmm. Don't you? I think it's so good. That was a great, we needed that add on. Oh, good. I'm glad. Mm -hmm. And I think love of creation is for sure tied into this because, Mm -hmm. um, I mean, if you hang out with my mom on a hike, you will (laughs) see this. She sees Jesus everywhere. She describes Mm -hmm. it as a portal and I love it. I love that. And she's like, the, the longer I've lived and the more I'm, you know, bonding with Jesus, Mm -hmm the more I have portals all around me. Wow. And she (laughs) portal meaning like, it's like I can see not just the leaves of this tree as a tree, Mm -hmm. but I see it as like a, 
like artwork where God is expressing his love. Yeah. And if I see God's love expressed through this maple tree, I'm going to see this tree in a different way. And my relationship with this tree is going to be different. So good. Isn't that stunning? I love that. And I think we can uh, divorce those ideas. I think especially the modern church Mm -hmm. in the West, maybe. I don't know about the rest of the world. But it feels like we've divorced those ideas. And we've made care for the world a political issue so i think it's worth maybe a little disclaimer there yeah yeah oh i think also for yeah yeah let's do the disclaimer okay yeah yeah. just the quick disclaimer is we aren't coming with any kind of political agenda in this conversation Mm -hmm. our agenda is to love the lord yeah and to love his good creation which includes ourselves, others and the planet the animals on the planet um this is a biblical conversation not a political one so if it's at all um stimulating political controversy inside of you when you listen um forgive us for any way we do that we don't intend to do that Mm -hmm. and also give us grace and um recognizing yourself where there might be some like political ideological triggers totally as well like we're trying to do that Mm -hmm. um so i think that disclaimer is helpful yeah i think Honestly, and just to get even a little more specific, I think the concepts we're going to talk about are completely true, whether like global warming and climate change is this big, big problem, you know? So you don't even have to believe in climate change to have this conversation. (laughs) Right. And if you believe in in climate change, you've probably already thought of some of these things, which is also a good thing too. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I don't think we're trying to point fingers on who's right or who's wrong. We want to find this like place camped around Christ and the father of his heart for his creation. That's excellent. Amen. Bada bing, bada boom. <laughs> I don't <laughs> know Worldwide is a step in the room. <laughs> um, so should we just dive in yeah. to Genesis? Yeah, let's do it. You already did this, which was so fun. You like set us up oh. in your introduction. Perfect. Praise God. That's why I was better at T-ball. <laughs> it's setting up. Yeah. yeah. If everything's set up well, I don't know you? where my mind went there. <laughs> Real fast, while he was talking about just like the portal thing, if you have kids and you listen to this, I encourage you to go watch the Creek episode from Bluey. Because <laughs> <laughs> yes. Bluey is scared of creation and nature and then gets to see the beauty in it all. And there's, I think it's in this one, there's a scene where she's like looking at a leaf and it just zooms in to like the all the way to like the cell for a second you just get it like this it's all gorgeously animated but it's just a lovely picture of like oh wow nature is beautiful and let's get out of it more that's where my mind went it's not really attached to this thing at all but (laughs) i'll link it in the show notes (laughs) (laughs) honestly i'm surprised we've gone like 33 or so episodes and haven't mentioned bluey yet totally yeah (laughs) it is my favorite tv show (laughs) so good Oh, yeah. I mean, growing up, we would go on a hike and my mom does this really wonderful thing where she'll throw her arms out and twirl and then she'll say, hi, Jesus. Like she's just greeting God. Wow. she's That's the most mystical thing she does, I think. But it's very mystical. <laughs> that's lovely. Is that fun? Yeah. The sun is setting. And like, I remember this from before I could remember in my childhood, she would just say hello to God. As we looked at the sunset, Mm. like God's face was obviously looking back at us through the sunset. Whoa. 
That's so cool. Isn't that fun? Oh, sweet, and I'm thinking of that, that Mary. like bluey that moment. So cool. Yeah, sweet Mary. Oh man, she's a dream. Did you describe her as a Disney princess? <laughs> I don't think I did. I, someone did has I? described her as just like, you know, Snow White. I see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's an angel. That's so wonderful. Um, yeah, Genesis. Genesis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Lord, help us see the Garden of Eden around us. Yes. Um, so we're looking at the garden. Sort of like Jace had already mentioned, I guess. Like you had already mentioned, Jace. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know whether to talk to the camera or talk to you. I think we talk to each other. All right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's just a little less stressful. You're right. Um, all of these relationships were perfect. Mm-hmm. And I just think this is a fun detail that people overlook when they read Genesis 1 and I want to read it. Yeah. Not only was like humans relationship with each other and creation perfect, but like with animals it was. Wow. And the relationship between the animals is also described as non-harmful, which wow. is very interesting. I don't know if I've ever picked up on that. Whether we want to get into like the literal or metaphorical interpretation of Genesis, we're not going to do that today. Mm-hmm. So uh, the point is that this is true, whether it's true literally or like theologically is wow. a different question, totally. but it is true. So um, <laughs> Genesis 1. That's so good. You see what I did there? Yeah, but there's also another Bluey episode that talks about that kind of thing. <laughs> oh <my gosh>. <laughs> <laughs> but go ahead. <laughs> this is why I'm surprised it didn't come up sooner. Um, uh, Genesis chapter 1, verse 29 through 31. So this is right after the image of God moment. Where God says, well, let's create them in the image of God, male and female, he created them. Rule and have dominion, birds of the air, fish of the sea, all the cre- creeping crawlers that crawl upon the land. Mm-hmm. The Hebrew is really funny that way. Um, and then it says, and God said, behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of all the earth and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food. And to every beast of the earth and to every bird of the heavens and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. And God saw everything that he had made and behold, it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. So maybe that's not as super overt Mm -hmm. to a listener just on a first pass as I feel like it is when I've meditated on this a bit more. But Mm -hmm. what God is saying is eat plants. Yeah. That's, that's the way that this is. And I'm not, I mean, I am a vegetarian. You can see where this could go. Yeah. I'm not trying to make a case for why everyone needs to be a vegetarian Mm -hmm. because just a few chapters later when Noah's getting off the ark, God says you can now like eat animals mm-hmm. Noah and your people um, but I just think that's an interesting description that when we look at the Garden of Eden the animals weren't even eating each other yeah supposedly mm-hmm. according to that verse it says like the birds the beasts of the field they're eating green plants mm-hmm. yeah Um, I just want to point out that detail wow that's really interesting yeah how does that hit you yeah, I never, I, that's actually never stood out to me before. And it, it does, it makes me think of like, wow. I mean, if we're trying to restore all things back to, or 
forward to what the like back to the future essentially <laughs> you know yeah. not not just the garden but like as we'll talk about like uh-huh. this kind of final garden like city that we see in the book of revelation um i'm like maybe there's something to that you know of like I, I in my mind I'm like I should eat less animals. <laughs> I have I don't have the thought of like I should not eat animals yeah. yet. But I don't know. I'm like it's but is is us us eating animals a sign of the fall and the fallen world or you know? Yeah. Cuz yeah, I don't, I just don't know what that looks like. I just to be completely candid with you. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. But that's my opinion. And I haven't met anyone else who shares that opinion. <laughs> I haven't read a book about it. Really? Um, the Lord, I, I felt like the Lord kind of revealed it to me when I was doing my own yeah. biblical study and becoming really passionate about this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a main reason why I've not decided to like become vegetarian, but stay vegetarian. Yeah. Um, is of yeah like my relationship with animals wanting to be a kingdom on earth and that's that's one of the ways that yeah. i see that happening but um i could be totally wrong mm-hmm. and i like i said i've never never read that there's like no credible person that says that yeah this is just my opinion so zero pressure on yeah. anyone i don't want to be like telling you the bible says you have to be vegetarian so if you're not then I, like I appreciate your humility in sin. that. And like, I don't yeah. feel like I have enough. I don't even have enough knowledge just to like argue why we should eat meat. You know, sure. I eat meat because I grew up in a house that ate meat in a country that ate meat in a time that ate meat. Like <laughs> I did not make this choice at all. Interesting. So I'm like, it's more of a passive choice. It's very much of a passive choice. Yeah. And so I, I even commend Benjamin for like the active choice of oh, trying you. to bring restoration to the world through thank his you. diet. I think that's a really beautiful thing. Funny. Whether I, if I agree with it or not. I appreciate that. Yeah. I guess the other way that you could interpret it, if I'm interpreting peace with the animals, like more literally, mm-hmm. you could interpret this like, this is a really beautiful picture of um, the way that we are to treat animals. Mm-hmm. And then one thing that's important to point out, even though I've never been Jewish and don't haven't ever practiced kosher, is God's people were mandated by God to only eat certain animals. And then mm-hmm. the ones that they did eat, they had to slaughter them in a, in a particular way yeah. so that the animal was raised and cared for well. And then when it, um, when it was killed, it was killed humanely. Totally. And that's still a thing in the Jewish community. Mm-hmm. Um, they can't eat a, a beef from just some factory farm where they don't know what happened to yeah, the beef in sure. the slaughtering yeah. process. And I think there's, even if you are going to choose to eat meat, mm-hmm. I think there is something at least for you to consider there to say, um, how can I do it in a humane way mm-hmm. to make sure that the animals are cared for in the process? Yeah. Um, and that there's like a meaningful relationship between me and that animal where I'm grateful to the mm-hmm. Lord who provided that sustenance to me. Totally. Like I've, I've heard people who go elk hunting and actually have a really spiritual process with it. Mm-hmm. Like they see the animal, they take the animal's life yeah. and they thank the Lord for the animal mm-hmm. and then harvest the animal's meat and then eat that meat with their family throughout the course totally. of a year. And that can be like a really spiritual process. Absolutely. That's very sustainable environmentally too. Absolutely. I think in the last century we've really lost touch of 
death of animals mm. where it used to be you were raising cattle or whatever or going to have to hunt and i think we look in many cultures and i think especially of like the native americans that they had such great care and honor for the animals that they killed like they had a process they had a prayer they had a, a gratitude for the life and they like you know so i think we've not to say that don't hear what i'm not saying I'm not even sure what I'm not saying in that, but, (laughs) (laughs) but don't hear it. And, uh, (laughs) but, but hear that. I think, I think there's power in just even realizing, oh, this was something alive and now it's dead for me. Yeah. That's like, there's, there's a powerful thought in that. And we're really disconnected from that when you just go to the grocery store. Yeah. I, I heard one person point out that, um, notice chicken, we call chicken the animal and the meat. Yeah. Same, same. Uh-huh. Fish, fish. Yeah. Um, sometimes we use the word poultry to describe chicken and turkey. Mm-hmm. But you don't say cow when you go to eat a steak. Totally. It's steak, it's beef, mm-hmm. ground beef, or like pork. We're not eating pig. Mm-hmm. We're eating ham. Yeah, exactly. Um, and even in our language, it's almost like we're trying to separate the substance we're consuming mm-hmm. from the thing that had life. Absolutely. Um, and I, I just want to point these things out as an observation um, to say maybe that grocery store experience of picking up ground beef mm-hmm. um, removes us um, more than it should if we lived in more of a garden-like state mm-hmm. where we continued to eat meat. Um, maybe we would be more familiar with that whole process. Yeah, and absolutely. I think in that there's gratitude, there's... Yeah, thankfulness to the Lord for being our provider. Yeah. I don't know. This is food for thought. Hey, come on. And I want to bring <laughs> it up because the Bible talks about it. Yeah, totally. I'm not just a vegetarian getting excited about my diet. Mm-hmm. Um, the relationship between man and animals all throughout scripture is something that is talked about. And here's here's a really fun picture. Well, I'll just touch down a couple places. Yeah. It says it's not good for Adam to be alone, right? Next thing that happens is not Eve's creation. Hmm. Next thing that happens is the animals. Oh, yeah, that's true. And then God invites Adam to name all the animals, Mm -hmm. which I view as God's inviting Adam into relationship with all the creatures. Mm -hmm. Um, By like having responsibility to care for them to even identify them, mm-hmm. that there's something inherently I- I- identity related of the animal that is now connected to the image bearer, not just to God, but God like gives responsibility to the image bearer to rule. Do you see mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. I think there's a significant moment in that. Yeah. Another one is Noah. When Noah's commissioned to build the ark after the fall, there had been chaos. We assumed that the animals had been eating each other like we see yeah. in the world today. But in the ark, again, it's true, whether it happened literally or metaphorically, mm-hmm. we're not getting into that conversation, but in the ark, it's described that the mouths of the predatorial animals were shut mm-hmm. and they didn't eat each other. I thought the sprinklers were just coming on. I know, that would be crazy. <laughs> That's hilarious. What is that? It is the sprinklers, but on the side of the house. So we're fine. Yeah, we're fine. 
<laughs> False alarm. For 15 minutes. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, so uh, I, if you're thinking of a mini floating Garden of Eden mm-hmm. when you see Noah's Ark, you're correct. Wow. That's kind of what the picture is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. He brings in all the animals and they're at peace with each other, which they weren't just before they got on the ark. But yeah. God like brought them into peace with one another. Um, he brought all these seeds so mm-hmm. that they could like replant the garden mm-hmm. as soon as they get off the boat. And Noah does. But the specific kind of garden Noah decides to plant is a vineyard. And then he drinks too much wine and he gets drunk. And then there's a fall situation that happens again. Totally. But uh, just to just to touch down and say that whole like Eden situation when Genesis is trying to point to you and say this ark is Eden the animals are a really essential part of mm-hmm. that picture, yeah. which is why kids' stories around Noah's Ark have happened because animals. Totally. Yeah, even we though love, we love good animals, the flood is such a horrifying story to exactly. be telling our children. Yeah, totally. <laughs> uh, anyway, am I am I too much? Let no, me just read you're not Isaiah. Too much. This is great. Okay, and then we'll move on from the animal bit. In Isaiah chapter eleven. This is like the the shoot that's coming from Jesse, incredible prophecy about Jesus and the mm-hmm. restoration that Jesus is going to bring. Wow. Starting in verse six, it says, the wolf shall lie down with the lamb and the leopard shall lie down with the young goat and the calf and the lion and the fattened calf together. I like that there's different words there. Mm-hmm. And the little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze. Their young shall lie down together. And the lion shall eat straw like the ox. There's the hearkening back to Genesis 1. You see that? Yeah. A lion is eating straw Mm -hmm. here. Um, uh, And whether this is a metaphor or literal is an argument that people have. For sure. Like, is there actually going to be a kingdom moment where a lion's digestive system changes where they don't need meat anymore? They can actually eat straw and survive Mm -hmm. because biologically things would have to happen. Yeah. I believe yes. Other people believe no. This is a, this is a poetic picture that's describing restoration. Mm -hmm. But either way, I just want to point out that animals are involved. Yes, totally. It even says the nursing child shall play over the whole of the cobra. Yeah. And the weaned child shall put his hand in the adder's den. An adder is a kind of snake, which is really significant because... Why is that child winged first? (laughs) The weaned child? Oh, weaned. Weaned. I heard winged. I was thinking like a little cherub or something. It's flying with wings? Yeah. I was like, this is getting weird. (laughs) No weaned. Wow. No G in that. (laughs) Uh, Because like, do you remember the, the snake? Yeah. In the Garden of Eden? Yeah. And then... Genesis 3, God says, the seed of the woman and the seed of the snake will be in enmity. Mm-hmm. They're going to like have conflict yeah. and hate each other, uh-huh. which they do. Totally. The the evil one and the like the lineage of mm-hmm. human that leads to Jesus ultimately. And he's the snake wow. crusher. Yeah. But this is a little picture of saying like the seed of the woman, this child that is weaned, so not winged, yeah. <laughs> and the seed of the snake are going to play with each other. Wow. They'll be at peace. Mm-hmm. That's so beautiful. Are they getting closer to us? Um, Maybe. Oh, no, it's still around the house. We're I think fine. we're good. 
I can go. Should I go shut them off? No, we're all right. All right. <laughs> Living life on the edge. Yeah. <laughs> all right. I just want to point all that stuff out. Wow, that's so good. That's really interesting. Thoughts we don't think about. Mm-hmm. I I I think. <laughs> wow. Totally. That yeah. A, that was a lot of the word think. <laughs> huh. Okay. Well, any initial thoughts? Or do you want me to just trudge on? I think. Uh, Trey John, I think there's a conversation to talk about even like the care of plants. Yeah. Like and like even like the produce that we eat and stuff. Is that a good time for that kind of yeah discussion? Or is that more of later on or we don't really need to touch on that? Yeah, I guess I I think the care of plants for anyone who's ever farmed or gardened will know that cultivation is a very intentional process. Mm-hmm. Neglect does not do well for a garden. Yeah. Have you ever gardened or anything? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah? Mm-hmm. What's your relationship li- with that, Ben? I mean, I love it, but it does, it's, again, like shalom or anything, I feel like in our walk with Christ, it's so intentional. You can't just, like, set it and forget it. <laughs> you got to, like, yeah. care and weed and water and time it all well and put certain plants next to other plants to help the other plants do better. You know, it's like there's a lot huh. of thought that can go into it. And I'm like, I don't know where this fits in the conversation and it kind of fits in here, but the call of God for us to have dominion and rule over is the closest that we get in Genesis to this idea of cultivation. Hmm. And I think if you were given a plot of land and the Lord told you to rule over it, you would like that in your head. It means like to, I think it means to create. That's great. And change and mm-hmm. make better. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure where I'm going with this thought because I'm also thought of like the parable of the talents. So if like the Lord gave you just a plot of land and you did nothing with it. Whoa. Um, or neglected it or actually did harm to it. Like there's like the the blessing goes to the man that like multiplied mm. um, wow. and was fruitful with what he was given. And so I think that is where even our call of cultivation comes from, maybe the root of that. These are just my thoughts. Wow, these are great thoughts. I'm Thank not, you. I have I have, don't even have a Bible in front of me. I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> just hanging out. Yeah, I'm sure the the visual watchers have noticed that, but I uh, yeah. didn't bring bring my notes. Usually he has his laptop in front of him, but mm-hmm. with the setup today, that wasn't possible. Yeah. So I mean, <laughs> that that was just more like of. I think there's a call to steward it all well yes. and to cultivate it well and to whether, whether it's an animal or a head of lettuce, I think the <laughs> the whole process of that needs to be glorifying to God and his creation. Wow. Everything is spiritual. Mm-hmm. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah. I think well, at least my critique of culture, and maybe this isn't true, but my experience has been... There are people who compartmentalize their faith and say, I, and maybe not just people, but like our church in America has said, I have faith in Jesus. I'm going to heaven when I die. Mm -hmm. So Lord, get me out of here. All will be well on the other side, you know, Yeah. the great by and by. And I think what that does, well, first of all, there's a theological term for that. It's escapism. Mm Mm-hmm. It's like we're escaping from the good world that God has given us now and asked us to have dominion over today. Yeah. Um, just neglect is mm-hmm. in that worldview. Yeah. Um, 
Well, I mean, what if what if you had that perspective with your children? Wow. Yeah. I don't know. Like, you're clearly called to steward healthy relationship with your mm-hmm. children when you're a parent. I've never been a parent. And take Do you have care anything of. To say that and sustain your kids. Wow. You know? Like that's like that's a natural call, innate in any human. You know, whether you're a Christ follower or not. Like, your heart just longs to care for your child. Can I ask, what is your relationship as a father um, between intentionally caring for Zakai and mm. feeling responsibility that actually rests on you yeah. and Laura um, versus trusting God in his development and growing? Wow. Yeah. Because it's not all one or the other, I assume. Oh, totally not. I, I think that in me trusting God is me trusting in myself that God is trusting me to take care of him. You wow. know, it's kind of like that. Um, sprinklers. No um, sprinklers. <laughs> the drama continues. I know. I was just moving around. They're getting closer. Um, sorry. I hope this isn't distracting for the listener. So fun. Uh, but yeah, like I I see that like the Lord God taking care of my kids is me taking care of my kids. Wow. And like I think it's in Proverbs. Like if you raise your kids up in the Lord, it'll, they'll they'll at a young age, they're going to keep... They'll be good. Something. <laughs> they're <laughs> yeah, going to keep honestly, doing it. I don't know. Someone knows it. Yeah, it's a good verse. But, like, that's it, that verse says in Scripture that you have to raise them up in the Lord, and then they will. Then God will, like, take it from there, you know? Yeah. There's, it's like, the first step. In fact, Ephesians 6 even said that, what we read last week. Oh, great. But I know it's in Proverbs as well. Mm-hmm. Um, this mandate mm-hmm. parent raise your child up well mm-hmm. and i could be wrong because you're the father i'm not a father yet but um <laughs> also you're not going to be perfectly responsible for the kid you're going to do your best but there will be shortcomings there will be imperfections yes. and i'm imagining like i've heard parents say um i just hope that I raise my kid as well as possible and that my imperfections and my sinfulness doesn't wound the kid very much. Like hopefully I minimize the amount of unparenting that my kid has to do because I recognize that I'm flawed and more than they're in my hands, they're in God's hands. Yeah. Maybe that's especially because I work with teenagers and I hear parents of teens Mm -hmm. talk that way quite a bit. Yeah. Like I'm trying, but my teen is now starting to differentiate. Yeah. And that's, a really hard process that requires trust in the Lord. Yeah. Um, which yeah. I think it, that's where like the conversation two weeks ago about restoration with ourselves is so important. You know, huh. like I am pursuing to become a more whole man and husband and father because, because of that, you know, if I just take what, I, what I am now, you know, what I was in 2021 and be like, this is probably good enough for Zakai, uh-huh. you know, uh, I don't think that doesn't help Sakai at all, you know, because I know that I have to grow so much more. That's this is good. I'm gonna go turn off the sprinkler. Oh, okay.
we had to turn those sprinklers off, but all is well now. Mm-hmm. That could have been bad. It would have been very damp. But I am a little disappointed because that was an exciting drama mm, in this yeah, podcast. Totally. I, I'm sorry. If you were really falling along with the sprinklers, <laughs> yeah, you have to stop your sprinkler bingo now. <laughs> uh, I'm, I like that we're talking about parenting in this way because I think it is a good analogy for the way that God has called us to steward everything mm-hmm. our yeah. whole lives. Don't you think like I'm, I'm meant to steward my relationship with myself by doing all that I can with intentional care, mm-hmm. going to counseling when I need counseling, sleeping well when I need a lot of sleep. That's for sure something mm-hmm. for me eating yeah. well so that I continue, you know, that's a responsibility yes, yeah. that God trusts me to carry. Mm-hmm. I should not neglect my body and say, God will take care of it. Yeah, totally. Um, and there's things that I can't do for mm-hmm. myself that I need to only trust God in. Like there's, it's kind of like a yes and thing there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's definitely true about our relationship with creation. I've heard people say, we don't need to worry about the world because it's in God's hands. Mm-hmm. Why is that not also true then about your son? Yeah. I think that's that's actually the dignity that God has handed us in the image of God mm-hmm. is this responsibility to care. Yeah. And cultivate. Totally. I yeah, no I I think uh if you think about your children if you have them as your creation. Well, you know, yeah, like, and the heart that you have towards your kids, and the the desirement the these the desire that you have for them to flourish, mm-hmm. like I think we could really a plus b equals c that to God, you know, God and His creation and His desire for it to flourish, mm-hmm. um, and to be cared for and to be, um, you know, yeah, yeah I didn't I haven't thought about that, and obviously mm. my son. My wife and I, it's a co-creation with God, 100%. Right. But it's still, he's my creation, which is super you were weird to definitely think about. I've never said that before. In the creating act. Yeah. Um, thinking about also the words rule and dominion, mm-hmm. to me, have a connotation of tyrant. Yeah. Isn't that funny? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think if at all possible, we should disassociate those words from tyrant dictatorship rule when Mm -hmm. we're thinking about the garden of Eden. That's what humans have done with creation. Yes. And I don't think that's correct. That's good. It's like we had authority Mm -hmm. and with that authority, we've chosen selfishness and corruption. Yeah. And that's why we view ruling and dominion the way that we do. Mm -hmm. But if Adam and Eve had lived with the compassionate, tenderness stewarding heart of cultivation that mm-hmm. Christ embodied yeah. rule and dominion would mean something very different to us. Mm-hmm. It would mean, I don't know, love and logic for your kid. I, I don't know. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> um, tender compassion. Mm-hmm. That little vegetable garden that your mom has going over there. Yeah. That's, that's rule and dominion. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I saw that cute little green bell pepper growing and it's beautiful. Yeah. Like, the fruit, the vegetable of her rule and dominion is mm-hmm. beautiful. <laughs> yeah, I like the way you said that. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> I'm glad. Yeah, I mean, I think the best image of a king who rules and has dominion 
that we have in the scripture is Christ. Amen. <laughs> For sure. And he does not look like the leaders that we have mm-hmm. on earth that have that usually sometimes end up in corruption mm-hmm. and dictatorship and tyranny. Right. We just and and we see the in the human example of biblical kings, we usually see it fall to that as well. Mm. Um but I think when God talked in the garden, he was just talking about his son. Yeah. That he knew. Wow. You know, Amen. He, there weren't any other kings at this point. And so I think that should be our framework for what rule and dominion is. That's just fun because then the words like your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, Lord. That means taking care of the poor. Mm-hmm. It means taking care of the orphan. Yeah. And it means cultivating your literal back garden really well. Mm-hmm. And eating good foods to take care of your body. Like it's holistic. Mm-hmm. Um, For sure. Everything is spiritual. I think it's essential that we have this framework in our lives because God is really inviting us to have him encompass every facet of our life. Mm -hmm. Don't you think? Yeah. So our relationship with nature is for sure one of those. Yeah. An essential one that we Mm -hmm. see in the Bible. Yeah. Maybe I'll go back to some biblical stuff and yeah, please do. I mean, we've been in the biblical stuff, but reading verses, um, I just want to point out that after the fall in Genesis three, there's this really unfortunate situation where God has to talk through the consequences Mm -hmm. in his judgment and in his mercy that are going to come of their fall. He curses the snake. Funny enough, he doesn't, well, funny is not the right word. Um, I, I just found this to be interesting. Yeah. He doesn't curse Adam or Eve. Oh, wow. He curses the snake. Mm-hmm. He tells Eve some things are going to be really unfortunate as yeah. a result of this. Mm-hmm. And like drop a really large rabbit trail. It doesn't say you'll have pain in childbearing in the Hebrew. It oh, says wow. you'll have pain in conceiving a child Oh wow! in the Hebrew. Uh-huh. So... Interesting. Let that be a curiosity yeah. that we can walk down another day. Totally. That uh, to me, that's a really unfortunate mistranslation. Um, there are not many mistranslations that are that unfortunate, but I think that one's actually a bummer. Interesting. Um, and then he doesn't curse Adam and say like, "You're cursed to be a terrible farmer." <laughs> he yeah. curses the ground. Mm-hmm. Interesting. This is God speaking. Genesis three, verse seventeen through nineteen. Because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree of which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In pain, you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you. Thorns and thistles being like plants that hurt instead Mm -hmm. of plants that bring life. And you shall eat of the plants of the field by the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground. Mm. Um, so cursed is the ground. I, I feel like we see that all over the place. Mm-hmm. If you've ever gone weeding. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. <laughs> it's like, where do these keep coming from? Totally. I just pulled them yesterday. Mm-hmm. 
cursed as the ground. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but also in a way that like the animals are now eating each other. Mm-hmm. There's not peace between the owl and the dove. The dove is now a victim of the owl. I've witnessed that and it's terrible. <laughs> I love birds. Oh, gosh. But seeing one get destroyed by another one is so sad. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think of even uh, the fact that like it feels like, um, I don't know how to say this well. There's now a very direct cause and effect to what humans do and how the earth responds. Yes. Um, not going down any big rabbit trails, but just even like there has to, there just, again, because of the fall, it is required so much more intentionality to preserve what is there mm-hmm. where I feel like before the fall, all those things were just in harmony, you know? Wow. So the ground was almost cursed in a way that needed humans to restore it possibly. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I mean, that's just that's just a thought. I don't I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I was curious to hear what you even thought cursed is the ground like means. I'm mm-hmm. curious to know what that means to the listener. Um cuz it could sound kind of cruel like why is God just cursing creation? Mhm. It reminds me of um how we say, "Oh, in, in in our culture today, we say everybody can do whatever they want mm-hmm. as long as it doesn't hurt anybody else. Yeah. This is one of my many soapboxes. I believe that doesn't exist. Yeah. Have we talked about this on the podcast? Uh, I don't know. I think we've talked about it in person. but yeah, I maybe th- on the yeah. podcast. But just the, the idea that your actions only affect you, mm-hmm. I think that's a lie. Yeah. If you're interacting with anyone your actions will affect them also at Mm -hmm. least in a minor way yeah through some kind of butterfly effect ripple Mm -hmm. and here the bible's showing us not only do your actions affect yourself and one another they affect creation Mm -hmm. on a cosmic level yeah sin is toxic and you see it like in genesis 4 the lord said to cain this is right after cain has killed abel where is your brother? And then Cain says, I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? Hmm. Just like you pointed out with Adam and Eve. He lies to God. And the Lord said, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying to me from the Hmm. ground. And now you are cursed from the ground, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. There's, Hmm. Uh, like a really significant poetic and theological connection between murder and the earth, like crying out because of the injustice mm-hmm. that, and that will happen all throughout the Bible when there's other, like the innocent are killed mm-hmm. almost always somewhere in the stories of the innocent being killed. You'll see something related to, the ground crying or something crying from the ground up to God. Mm -hmm. Um, Which is like the pain of human injustice is absorbed into creation Mm -hmm. and creation is stained from the injustice. Mm. Uh, I I, I mean, maybe that sounds really ethereal and kind of woo woo, but (laughs) I think it's biblical. Yeah. What does that Mm -hmm. mean? I don't know. Yeah. 
Do you have any thoughts about that? I mean, I feel like I can see that, but it is like, I feel like I need to ponder that a bit more even. I mean, I wonder. Not that it's woo woo, but it's just like. Sure. Yeah. Maybe like walk around Ukraine right now. Yeah. And look at the ground Mm -hmm. and like experience the turmoil from detonated bombshells Mm -hmm. um, and destruction. Like the farmland is not happy. In Ukraine, I would yeah. assume, in the midst of everything that's going on with the conflict. I mean, Maybe if you want to get into it a little bit. Sure. They, um, I don't know, when this, they built this dam a mm-hmm. while ago, which if you're pro-dam or for-dam, like oh, anti-dam, yeah. in that's Ukraine. another thing. Um, but it is a, it's a human intervention into a river, you know? Mm-hmm. So I know that has benefit for us, negative benefit for wildlife. I'll let you guys figure that out. <laughs> um, but then the Russians destroyed the dam and it flooded like a huge area of Ukraine, Whoa. completely destroying the crops and everything. So it's like a double whammy, like destruction of the ground and not, and it, and it displaced humans and killed humans. So it's like, there's a lot to that, you know, that's Whoa. just left to Left to our own devices, this side of the fall, our, I don't think our default is stewardship mm-hmm. as humans. That's our call, but I don't think we default to that. I think it, it yeah. becomes secondary to any other pursuits. Yeah, you're right. Left to our own devices, I think selfishness seems to take over. Mm-hmm. Pride, shame. Yeah, and a false a false conception of what dominion and rule is. That's a good word. Cause if I have dominion and rule, I have authority. Now I can utilize that mm-hmm. for my own gain at something or someone else's expense. Mm-hmm. Or even sometimes at your own expense, self harm. Yeah. Huh? This is interesting. You know, the the ground is crying out. There's all this really tragic stuff that's happening throughout the history of Israel mm-hmm. because of the surrounding nations and because of Israel, because yeah. they fall away from God. And at the end of Second Chronicles, this is another detail that I don't think many people know about, but is really telling. Um, I'll just read it. This is right after Jerusalem has been totally wrecked mm-hmm. by the Babylonians. Yeah. And anyone who was left in Jerusalem that wasn't killed or like the super poor were left behind, but anyone else was taken into exile in, in Babylon. Horrible, devastating moment. Mm-hmm. This is like the, the worst moment for the history of Israel that we see in the Bible. Right after that, it says, um, I think this is Nebuchadnezzar. He took into exile in Babylon those who had escaped from the sword and they became servants to him and to the son and to his sons until the establishment of the kingdom of Persia to fulfill the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah until the land had enjoyed its Sabbaths. Hmm. All the day that it lay desolate, it kept Sabbath to fulfill 70 years. Interesting. What does that mean to you? Well, I think even, wasn't there a practice in Jewish law about like the year of Jubilee? Is that what it is? Yeah. 
and how like if you are farming or whatever you would like let the ground rest totally that's great so it's like it's a major it's a bigger mm-hmm. image of that i guess hmm. something like that yep and i think and we found out with modern science and stuff that if we just farm let's say corn or potatoes like on the same patch of land year after year after year those crops are going to take the same nutrients and just eventually just make the soil kind of worthless and completely like yeah you can't even use it anymore and then it's going to take time for you to like restore all those nutrients back into the soil (laughs) so it's kind of cool that like you know god knew god knew god knew soil cultivation is a huge deal yeah or else you run into the american dust bowl which was a bummer yes yeah totally um yeah so you were totally right in the laws every seventh year you're supposed to let your fields lay dormant nobody's supposed to work on the seventh year gosh i wish we did that now isn't that interesting what a different rhythm of life we'd have talk about a sabbath like a sabbatical that's where that comes Mm -hmm. from i think pastors are invited to do something like that roughly every seven years Mm -hmm. inspired by that concept um but then the year of jubilee is every seventh seventh year Mm -hmm. just like the 50th year not only does the land lie dormant that year but also everybody who was in slavery or in some kind of debt Mm -hmm. was set free or their debt was forgiven. Speaking of fields, a tractor's going by on the road right now. (laughs) If you hear that loud sound. That's currently the loudest thing that's gone by. Someone's just out there cultivating the land. Yeah, we're right across across the street from the fields. Hopefully they're doing it well. (laughs) Hopefully. Bless them, Lord. Bless them, Lord. Um, Anyway, I just think that's interesting. It's It's like a farming... Um, it's a, a farming concept, Mm -hmm. but that also has that human atrocity blood crying out from it, um, connected. Yeah. The promised land was supposed to be the land of rest for the Israelites. Mm -hmm. It was supposed to be Sabbath for them. Mm -hmm. And instead when they were leaving Egypt to enter rest in the promised land, they took the promised land and turned it into a new Egypt. Hmm. Um, there are various ways that the biblical story says that, but that's what happens. Mm-hmm. And then it says the promised land wanted to be what God created it to be. And in order to be that it needed all the Israelites to get out. Wow. So exile mm-hmm. so that the land could rest and become the promised land that it was supposed to be again. Wow. Because the people were like abusing it mm-hmm. in their injustice. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? That's so interesting. We could unpack that in a lot of ways. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. I'm wondering what all I should go into. Yeah. I guess I could just touch on if you just maybe all of this stuff feels new to you listener Mm -hmm. if you read through the bible maybe with a green highlighter because green is the color of trees and grass and pretty nature (laughs) yeah and highlight anything that relates to trees or plants Mm -hmm. or creation yeah i think you'll be shocked at how common it is Mm -hmm. and an example of that is one of the ways that god delivers justice to the nations is deforestation Oh, wow. Is this wild? Yeah. Jeremiah 22. You are like Gilead to me, like the summit of Lebanon, yet surely I will make you a desert 
an uninhabited city. I will prepare destroyers against you, each with his weapons, and they shall cut down your choicest cedars and cast them into the fire. Hmm. Wow. It's a literal and a metaphorical prophecy of Israel's... Oh, wait. Oh, no, yeah. That one is Israel's, Judah's judgment. Wow. And it looks like your land that you've cultivated, these beautiful trees Mm -hmm. that I, God, created for you, that you were supposed to take care of, because of your injustice, it's all going to, it's going to be a desert. Yeah. What was a garden is going to be a wasteland. Wow. I mean, I think we can look at that and, you know, where the Bible doesn't say, don't go cut down trees, Mm -hmm. you know, don't, you know, destroy the Amazon or whatever it is. Sure. We, but we can map that to shalom looks like trees. Judgment <laughs> looks like desert, you know? Sorry for everyone lives in Arizona. But um, <laughs> but I think that's like that's that's where we kind of get some of these thoughts of, ooh, all right. <laughs> Bless him. Bless him, Lord. Um, oh, look at that bird. Oh, that's a beautiful bird. That's a cool bird. I love the way they soar. Yeah. What was I talking about? Uh, <laughs> judgment looks like desert. You apologized yeah. for yeah. to live in Arizona. So I think that's where <laughs> sometimes Christians are like, the Bible doesn't say anything about... Sorry. <laughs> well, I just totally... <laughs> that was really mean of me. What was that accent? I don't know. No, I liked it. Um, the Bible say. doesn't say anything about conservation. Uh-huh. But I think we can we can start to infer a lot of this stuff mm. um, from images like that to where, you know... Yeah, one looks like life, one yeah. looks like death. So may we try to be as life-giving as possible. Which Amen. doesn't mean you can't t- cut down a tree. And I'm gonna, I'm just gonna say this for sure. Like I think Idaho does a really good job of managing its forests well. Yeah. So we still have great industry of wood products, but we restore those forests really well, and we like take care of the forest so they don't like burn up like crazy, like Amen. we see in California sometimes. So it's like. I think you can steward it well mm. while still like having dominion and letting it, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it's good. It's it's like, I don't want to just consume all of earth's resources, mm-hmm. but you can utilize earth's yeah. resources while also stewarding it Yeah. Um, in a sustainable way. And, and I, I think, think that's what you're talking yes. about. And, and I think, I think it's probably some, you know, super environmental people would say, well, we shouldn't do that at all. Like we should just leave it all as it is and don't touch it and just like all stay on one mm-hmm. in one place and never touch nature. And I think, but it's made for us to rule mm-hmm. over and have dominion over. And we look at the end, which is a garden like city. Mm. And so I think God has intended us to, to cultivate well and steward well our resources to allow us to co-create and allow our uh, human um, imaginations to to build something mm. anew with God, um, I think that's His intention. And so that does take industry. That does take that's cool. You know, development and those kinds of things. I just think we have to do that well. Those are my. That's my little soapbox. Those are really cool interpretations of this. That I, I've never heard a sermon on. Mm-hmm. I, I could be totally <laughs> off base too. <laughs> totally. So could I. Yeah. 
Um, I mean, I'm just trying to read scripture and be as faithful to it as possible. And sure. it's fun that those are conclusions that the scripture is leading us to. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like cultivating the forests. It, maybe it's beautiful that certain areas are left untapped as wilderness. Yeah. But no. not all of it yeah. because of all of these. I, I think there's a lot of conversation there we could mm-hmm. have. And it's complicated, like anything on this side of the <laughs> new creation. Amen. You know? Amen. It's like, how do you decide where where to put a house? Right. You, know? you don't put it on Half Dome in Yosemite for some reason. <laughs> no. But these little rolling <laughs> foothills that we've developed in the Treasure Valley, mm-hmm. we've decided this is a good place. Yeah. You know? Oh, that seems like a nice place to live. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, it, it, that kind of comes down to this, you know, imperfect human utility concept. I was even, this is a random thought, but I was biking yesterday mm-hmm. to the office and I had to go up this road onto the bench yeah in Boise and it just occurred to me while I was biking like this hill is steeper on my bike than it is on in my car yeah. <laughs> um and then I thought you know what this used to be a canyon wall mhm because of the way that the river ran yeah the bench totally it's like it was a little a little can i mean not a huge canyon but a little canyon wall mm-hmm. and we forever disturbed and destroyed that canyon wall and just made like a road that is in the shape of a hill mm-hmm. in its place yeah and a canal that runs along the, the wall now right you know? yeah bummer but also we're moving in mm-hmm. and we're hopefully taking care and there are other parts of the canyon wall that are preserved anyway i guess this is a whole rabbit trail we totally. could go deeper but yeah I think it's, I love your it's fun to think about it. It, it just occurred to me yeah. like, wow, this this looked different before humans got here. And I bet it was beautiful. And that beauty is gone, which is sad. But other beauty is now here because the humans are here. Yeah. And hopefully we are cultivating these roadways and this city well such that actually the beauty um, is a perfectly symbiotic with the beauty that God already had yes. here in the first place. I think that's the key. But I think that's such a beautiful mm-hmm. thought. I love your realization mm-hmm. of that. Thanks. It's so good. So Here, good. Here's a cool quote. I, I didn't put this in the notes until just before, if you saw me typing on my computer mm-hmm. as you were doing the intro, because last night I read Job 31 mm-hmm. and Job is saying, I am a righteous man. If anyone says I've done anything against them, like Lord, yeah, judge me accordingly. Uh-huh. He even says like, if I've wounded or if I've done something against an orphan, may mm-hmm. my arm be cut off at the elbow. Wow. So he's saying like, if I've committed injustice to a human, the marginalized, may I receive justice in return? Yeah. And at the end of it, I just found this really fascinating. He says, if my land has cried out against me and it fur- and its furrows have wept together, if I have eaten its yield without payment, and made its owners breathe their last, let thorns grow instead of wheat, and foul weeds instead of barley. Wow. Isn't that fascinating? That's so fascinating. There's an example of like, bring that green highlighter with you through the Bible. Mm -hmm. Stuff like this that you've never seen before will just jump out. Mm -hmm. And I'm over here thinking, wow, Job is saying, Lord, if I have committed sin to your earth, Mm -hmm. then let justice in the form of like, thistle and thorn mm-hmm. um bramble bush which is another like um motif through the mm-hmm. bible of judgment on the land yeah let that come against me wow. may i not have abundance but may the land be cursed 
to me. Mm-hmm. That's what the cursed land looks like. Instead of producing fruit, it's producing thorns. Mm-hmm. What do you think when he says, if I've taken from the land without payment? Yeah. What do you think that that means? Honestly, I don't know. I was sitting <laughs> on that. If I've yeah. eaten its yield without payment and made its owners breathe their last, which is making me think, like, is he talking about people who work the land for him? Mm-hmm who have stewarded it and taken care of it. And he's been cruel to the people who work the land for him. Mm -hmm. Cause Job would have been a very wealthy landowner. Mm -hmm. He probably wasn't working the land himself. He like commissioned people to work it for him. So maybe that's it. He's like Uh not treating his workers. Right. Another thing is maybe he's not, I mean, this is almost certainly not it, but what it means to my head is maybe I'm eating the fruit without reintroducing nutrients into the soil. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, like paying the land. Yeah. I don't know if it can even be interpreted that way, but it's worth a conversation. What do yeah. you think? Oh yeah. No, I, I think I'm kind of along the same lines of you. I, I was kind of just really curious of, yeah. If you had any thoughts on that, because it's like, yeah, mm-hmm. there's even, man, it's, is it even just like an acknowledgement of, you know, yeah, how like just to be grateful if I've taken from the land with, without a glad heart and a gratitude heart, or if I've taken from the land selfishly, like, like the, the payment would almost be just like Thanksgiving. Oh, I and like honor. That. That, that's kind of where my head was going. Gratitude. That's like we do as a Christian tradition. Every time before we eat a meal, mm-hmm. that's a form of payment. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Huh? That's a fun thought. Yeah. I don't know. Wow. This is what it looks like to meditate on scripture. <laughs> Um, in the backyard (laughs) and this land has been cultivated so beautifully and we get to reap the benefit of it. That's why I really love this place because it was just a field. Wow. When my parents got it, they built the house. They in the nineties. Yeah. They built the house. My dad planted every tree. Wow. That's so fun. Isn't that so cool? I didn't know that this tree was planted. I think shortly after Paige was born. Wow, praise God. So it's only 23 years old, but it's huge. It is. It's huge. These grow really fast. And oh. those big ones in the corner, yeah. those started just from uh, branches. Really? Stuck in the ground. No way. That's a thing? They're globe willows, if you're curious. <laughs> but isn't that crazy? Wow, the world is so wonderful. Yeah. God made great things. It is so wonderful. Okay, we could go a lot of directions, and we've hit about an hour, I think. Yeah, at least. <laughs> I think we are going a, a yeah, little over. Um, maybe I'll just touch down a couple things. Yeah. Um, Isaiah 55 is one of my favorite chapters in the whole Bible. This is a prophecy of, you know, Isaiah 53 is the suffering servant that we're really familiar with. Mm-hmm. By his stripes, I am healed. Um, Jesus' is atonement. Yeah. Is like prophesied in Isaiah 53. Just a couple chapters later, it's like, all you who are thirsty, come and drink without price. Hmm. That's what it's famous for. Yeah. And later in that same chapter, it says, you shall go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and the hills before you shall break forth into singing 
and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come up the cypress. Instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle. So like Mm. the reversing of the cursed land is the good trees are replacing the thorny ones Mm -hmm. and the mountains and the, like the trees are, they're rejoicing. Yeah. Mountains are singing and trees are clapping. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Metaphorical, maybe truthful in some way. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure, but maybe that's just the sound of the branches like swaying in Mm -hmm. the wind. And that is a creation rejoicing. It's a portal. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It gets me going. Um, And another one that I think is really fascinating that, we could do a whole podcast on this. I just, it was a really cool revelation to me last night while I was preparing for this was preview preview <laughs> Sodom and Gomorrah. Ooh, what do you think of Sodom and Gomorrah when I say that? Oh, I just think of like debauchery is my go-to yeah, just yeah. horrible. Yeah. Crazy, weird sexual sin. Mm-hmm. Just terrible things. Yeah. For going sure. on there. Mm-hmm. Sodom and Gomorrah gets wrecked by God mm-hmm. in Genesis 15. 16 asking the wrong person i forget yeah (laughs) (laughs) um and basically what happens is it's described that like fire falls from heaven Mm -hmm. and destroys the cities around sodom and gomorrah wow wrecked um before it was destroyed it was described as looking beautiful almost like eden Hmm. lot goes down and moves there because it's this really fertile valley Mm -hmm. do you know what's there now the dead sea oh wow so dead that it's called dead that's crazy the dead sea is in that spot where sodom and gomorrah was we were i mean Mm -hmm. if sodom and gomorrah was a real place yeah which i believe it was Mm -hmm. most i think most historians believe sodom and gomorrah were real um i don't know that any believe it wasn't anyway um but regardless there was some catastrophic cataclysmic event that we actually have some like archaeological evidence of Mm -hmm. of like flaming sulfur like meteorites falling from the sky very salty yeah and destroying all the inhabitants of this area wow and there was so much salt content that any of the water in the area Mm -hmm. became super saturated with salt Mm -hmm. and killed every living thing that's crazy. Isn't that crazy? That's wild. And like, I bet if there's like an atheist archaeologist who's listening to this, which would be so cool. Welcome. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Maybe they disagree with me for some reason and <laughs> say like the science actually says otherwise. But, but the point is biblically, that's what Sodom and Gomorrah is. That's what the Dead Sea is. Mm-hmm. And then in Ezekiel 47, Riverhouse's yeah. you know, favorite chapter, mm-hmm. um, the river flows and it brings life everywhere it goes. And the ultimately the ending spot of the river mm. is the dead sea. Yeah. And it brings life back wow. to the thing that is most dead. And I don't know if any listener has been to the dead sea. That's I have powerful. the salt content is like stupidly thick. Mm-hmm. You float on it really easily. You like pick it up and it feels like thick almost like Epsom salt in your hand. Wow. There's like salt deposits on the shore of the Dead Sea that look like little stones, but mm-hmm. they're just balls of salt. Crazy. So it's like very dead. Mm-hmm. But the picture prophetically of God bringing life mm-hmm. back to his earth through his spirit in yeah. Jesus and the church mm-hmm. is able to even rewrite the most dead spaces 
on creation hmm. into life. Anyway, you can see I'm passionate about it. Praise God. Isn't that cool? That's so good. I think it's cool at least. Yeah, it's very cool. <laughs> right? It's cool. And I think this is why it, in Romans 8, it talks about all of creation groaning for mm-hmm. the revelation of the children of God. Mm-hmm. If you don't believe that this is a New Testament idea, you can read Romans 8 and see it really clearly. It's like creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly. Like creation didn't go through this on according to its own will, but because of him who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. Hmm. And not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the spirit grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for the adoption as sons and daughters, the redemption of our bodies. I was looking forward to the restoration of all things. Yeah. And it's very much an earthy restoration. Hmm. Huh. So that, I mean, wow. I think we'll have to get into some bigger conversations sometime too. Yeah. Because I know there are streams of Christian thought that say the earth isn't headed towards restoration. I'm glad you brought that up. That's actually where I conclude. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What are you thinking? Well, I just, I, yeah, kind of partially the escapism, partially the, you know, the law of chaos or I don't know. I don't know what, what these things are, but I just know that like, some people have this idea that things are just going to get worse and worse and worse and worse and worse mm-hmm. until until God is like new and then mm-hmm. brings like some you know new thing down and smashes the old and here's the new thing. Right. And then there's another train of thought that says we are co-laborers in Christ working to restore all things mm-hmm. and through Christ all things will all things now will just continue to be more and more restored. Mm. Is that the two yes. streams of thought? Yeah, I think Roughly. Roughly. Yes. Yeah. So if people think everybody believes that things are just going to get worse until the end, mm-hmm. just know that that is only one option. Yeah. Biblically, you can make an, a, another argument. Mm-hmm. You can make that argument biblically, um, but people think, some people think that's not the most compelling argument you can make. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you summed it up really well. And... Uh, This is a paraphrased quote from Chris Vallotton. I don't Mm. remember it exactly, but he said, think about what you're going to do with an old car um, in terms of refurbishing and restoring Mm -hmm. if you know that it's going to go to like a car show. Yeah. Versus if it's going to the demolition derby. True. Like the car's fate is going to affect the way you treat that car. Whoa. Come on, Chris Valentin. Isn't that cool? That's really good. So you can tell which of those two options Chris Valentin takes. Mm-hmm. He thinks, actually, the world is definitely not right yet, mm-hmm. but it's only going to get better mm-hmm. and better and better because the church is like coming into her fullness over the millennia. And yeah. then Jesus will like bring in like the, the fullness of things in the mm-hmm. end times. Yeah. And this beautiful car is being restored. 
And the church is a part of that. Yeah. An essential part of that. I think I would believe the demolition derby side of things. If Christians still believed in Christ, but we saw time and time again, people just get worse and worse and worse throughout their life Hmm. till the end. Interesting. You know, but I think I've, I've seen in people, those that follow Christ closer and closer and closer to him, like become more, more wise and fruitful and kind and patient Mm -hmm. and like are just more fully restored, more like Christ by the end of their lives. That's good. And I, and I've done not enough thinking on this, honestly, but that's, that's where my mind goes Mm -hmm. of like, I think we can love, love this world, love its people, love ourselves, love our God in a way that does restore all things. And I think, even if we are headed to the demolition derby, because Revelation does say, like, God will do away with the old heavens and the old earth, mm-hmm. and there will be a new heaven and a new earth. That that can be interpreted in a couple different ways, but um, whatever that means, if this earth is destroyed as we know it, yeah, and there's a new thing that replaces it, mm-hmm. is it not honoring to God to care for his creation while we have it right now? Yeah. Even yeah, still. That's so true. If it is going to the demolition derby, imagine that the person who owned the car is away. Mm-hmm. Like the talents. The master goes away and your job is to care for that vehicle. Restore it to the best of its ability, even if it is going to the demolition derby, because that's most honoring to mm-hmm. the owner of the car in yeah. that metaphor. So I think, I think either worldview you take creation care is still very biblical yeah that's so good um but we're also just both very optimistic people and you can probably hear our eschatological bias absolutely (laughs) that's a big word i think something to add to that of creation care of even like being creative ourselves and not just consumers of whatever it is i think even like even if you know even if this earth is the rough draft mm-hmm. and he, God's going to like, you know, bring a new one. Like I think he's going to take inspiration from those that followed him, that co-created with him mm-hmm. and we'll see the things that man created, um, with the, in the pursuit of Shalom and wholeness as, as things on the other side. That's really good. So, I mean, that's almost even just another, that's another thought. And again, I have, no theological background on this, <laughs> but I, I just think that if, if you are a, an artist or a, a craftsman of some kind, or you, or you are a, a writer or a creative, like, I think the things that we bring into existence through the Holy spirit, I think we will see glimpses of in the, in the fully restored new heaven and new earth. Amen. Because God loves us just because, just because throwback. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to find the scripture that basically says what you just said, because I think mm-hmm. it's in there. First Corinthians 15, I want to say, um, but I didn't have it prepared. That was, it's just such a good point oh. that like, because of the resurrection and because of the goodness of the Holy Spirit, nothing that we do in the Holy Spirit is in vain. Mm. Yeah. And the culmination of everything that we do will last Mm-hmm. on the other side of the restoration of all things. P- 
Paul says something like that in First Corinthians. I'm pretty sure it's 15. We can link it in the show notes if you can't find it. Yeah. It's because it's so encouraging to me when like when it feels like everything that we're toiling. Oh, that therefore, my brethren, my beloved brethren and sisterin, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your toil is not in vain mm. in the Lord. Um, that's in the context of the rec- the resurrection. Yeah. Therefore, is that transition word that Paul mm-hmm. uses, which means in light of the resurrection, mm-hmm. always toil with the work of the Lord, knowing that none of it is in vain. Wow. And he leaves it broad because I think that way it can include caring for the widow and the orphan. Mm-hmm. It can include raising your child well. Yeah. It can include cultivating a literal garden. Mm-hmm. I believe that. It's so good. Starting a good business or mm-hmm. whatever. Wow. Absolutely. So we're, in case you're curious to hear more about eschatology listener, I think we're going to have a series on that mm-hmm. where we're going to dig more into the nuances of those things. But we had to at least touch down in it mm-hmm. in this conversation. Yeah. Because I, I, I do hear the voice of someone saying like, well, the end times are upon us, mm-hmm. Chase and Benjamin. Like, should I really care about enriching the soil with nutrients? Mm. Um, knowing that Jesus is returning. And I guess my only short answer to that is Paul was saying really similar things in, in his letters. Yeah. He said like, don't even be given into marriage because Jesus is coming back really soon. I, I think every generation of the church should have a healthy relationship with the idea that Jesus could come back at literally any moment. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we don't know the time or the place or, you know, right. We, we, that's written in the scriptures as well. Totally. Yeah. Jesus says that mm-hmm. even, you know, it's good if it's from his mouth. Totally. <laughs> Approved. <laughs> Approved. <laughs> that's Jesus certified. <laughs> but, um, but also it's been 2000 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And neglect is not the answer. Yeah. Apathy is not the answer. Mm -hmm. Care, careful stewardship, I think is. Yeah. So, um, wow. I guess this will summarize our whole Shalom conversation, won't it? Yeah, I guess so. Out here in this beautiful backyard. Thank you, Lord. Mm -hmm. Um, sort of like we challenged listeners in the last couple podcasts, I guess I would challenge, I would challenge you listener to think, are there ways in my relationship with the world, with animals, mm-hmm. with creation in general, I don't know, um, that I can help increase a, the sense of shalom? Yeah. If that's possible, mm-hmm. Lord, show us a way to do it. Yeah. That's good. So that the Garden of Eden can break out around every Christian as we walk around our city. Yes. Yes. Amen. Because have you ever walked around a city that's just really, really wonderfully done? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so, like, it's awe-inspiring for me. I just love that kind of thing. That's good. Or, a, yeah, a new development or a park. Yeah. You know? I think Esther Simplot Park is incredible. That's a great example and of And someone, that came out of someone's head. Wow. Like, the, the bridges, the roads, the little island thing that you can climb up. 
Like yes, they that, like diverted part of the river. I know, and so, and and now, but like humans now get to interact with nature in a way they weren't able to before, hmm. and it's just so beautiful. It's lovely. Like it's so so good. And the trees are still small, but they'll mature and mm-hmm. grow and yeah. Or look at like uh, Catherine Albertson's park, yes. with like just does have big trees, and but all human designed. Huh. But it looks like it's been there this whole time, and mm-hmm. people just added paths. <laughs> right. <laughs> or Central Park in New York. Right. Again, it was a swamp. Like That's crazy. there was there were no hills, valleys, rocks, bridges, and you go there now, and it looks like it's like just saved perfect land around all this yeah. development but no a human made that it was all human designed that was a big deal Landsa- landscape architect wow praise there's something to that mm-hmm. huh oh well thank you for engaging in this conversation yeah i think uh, a beautiful meditation you might have is yeah like benjamin said like go through the scriptures with the green highlighter but also, he would never do this. I'm going to plug one of his little projects. Uh-oh. Um, Spoken Psalms. <laughs> yeah. Is that was called on YouTube? Uh-huh. Yeah, he's he is recorded and still coming out with yeah, all thanks. of the Psalms. He's narrated, and they're put to these beautiful uh, natural backgrounds. And so, yeah, pull on some of those and just, like, enjoy the nature. Throw on your TV and just, like, let that be your meditation that also, in, like, encapsulates the Lord's creation as well. Wow. Thanks for that. It's a beautiful project. You got to check it out. It's been fun to pair like a beautiful natural visual with every Psalm Mm -hmm. as I sit and meditate on it, making the videos. It's been cool. I'm kind of envious that you get to sit and meditate on the Psalms. (laughs) I know it's, it's an excuse to get the words of the Psalms in me. I love it. That's so good. Also, Uh, if you're uh, just listening to this podcast and not watching we're going to tack on a little behind the scenes after this of just our pre conversation. <laughs> oh yeah. So go click on the video f- to see that, you mm-hmm. know, kind of our, we always pray before and kind of talk about it. And mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys want to see that, thought we might include it. The behind the scenes of the deep waters podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but it's the stuff that came before what we recorded before the scenes. So it's the back deep to the future. Podcast. <laughs> all right well thank you friends we love you yeah bless you if you have thoughts or questions or concerns or comments or hatred or things you'd like to throw at us just email us at deepwaters at riverhouseministries.com yes do that and may your day be filled with shalom in your relationships in your own spirit may the lord saturate you everywhere you go and as you see his creation may the portals be opening all around you so that you see his face yes that's so good amen amen bye bye (laughs) (laughs) that was so fun Thank you so much for listening to the Deep Waters Podcast. If you have comments, questions, or concerns, maybe even a recipe or two, please send them to deepwaters at riverhouseministries.com. And if you would like to join us at Riverhouse for Sunday service, we meet at the Vineyard Boise at 4 p.m. We'd love to see you there. We cannot do this podcast without a little help from our friends. Our theme music was written and recorded by the Riverhouse Worship Team. Production is done by Jordan Sodeman. 
Special thanks to Isaiah Guerrero for our artwork. Benjamin Olson writes and co-hosts with me, Jace Langley, and I also edit this bad boy. If you like this podcast and want to keep going on this journey of discipleship with us, please leave us a review wherever you listen to the Deep Waters podcast. May Christ be with you wherever you go.